What's up, everyone? It is another episode of Left Side Heavy, the podcast presented by Blue Wire. It's your boy, Jevin LaFave. On this episode, me and Hayden brought on our beloved friend and recurring guest of the show, Scott Conkin, for a packed, packed episode. We talk about all the signings. We talk about draft day in the NHL and just like previewing free agency. It was a crazy episode. We go over kind of so up big name upcoming free agents who we kind of where we kind of predict on where we think they're gonna go. It was it was such a it was a crazy episode, fully packed, lots of um prospect talk, and it it was it was unreal. Like Shane Wright fell to fourth. Who would have thought about that? Slavkovsky goes number one. We talk about Scott's Anaheim Ducks, they drafted Mintikov, what we think of him, Canucks drafting. Lakara Mackey, what we think of him. Canucks drafted another goddamn Elias Patterson. What the hell is going on with that? Crazy, crazy times. Um, lots to talk about in the world of hockey and the NHL specifically. But um, enough of me uh, and this long, long intro. But it was a super fun episode. I really hope you enjoy it. If you are listening to this, but you want to watch it instead, head over to YouTube and... Left side heavy. Subscribe, like, comment. Really helps grow the show. And here's me, Hayden, and Scott on episode 109 talking about previewing NHL free agency. Peace. It's episode 109 of Left Side Heavy, the podcast presented by Blue Wire. It's your boy, Jevin LaFave. We got Hayden as well, coming from Calgary, the city. Calgary. So nice that they just named it once. Not good. Not nice enough to say it twice. But uh, (laughs) how's it going, bud? How's it there in Calgary? Oh my God. It's uh it was a trip, absolute trek for about 11 hours to get to the place. Had a couple of fucking screaming matches on where to go, you know, the usual, the usual. driving trip. Oh yeah. But obviously we're here. We're in a hotel bathroom. We're uh, fucking rocking it, getting excited for uh, the NHL free agency. What are you down in Calgary for? Stampede? Oh, it's just a vacation. Oh, no, a no stampede. Yeah, the original plan was to maybe try and hit up the stampede, but then we saw that foot-long wieners are $16, and we're like, you know what? Let's just not go there. <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, not do that. <laughs> yeah, I actually like my money. <laughs> are the stampeders playing? Uh, they played in Edmonton on Thursday, and we leave the day that they play on Saturday. Uh yeah, okay. so it would have been cool to maybe game. go see a, a game. Yeah, yeah, that would have been cool. Next time. Yeah. Next time. Yeah. Um, you just heard the voice of Sir Jimmy Fallon, Scotty Conkin. How's it going, buddy? Hey, it's good. I'm doing well. I'm just uh, you know, hanging out. I got early bedtime tonight for work tomorrow, but I'm happy right. to be on the left side heavy and um stoked to be here. Honestly, I'm I'm a hockey guy, so I'm here for this podcast. What can yeah. I say? Getting over a little uh tickle in your throat. 
Yeah, trying to. I got the halls working here. So if you want to do a little ad read for halls, let them check them out. Uh, <laughs> no free ads, Scott. But I'm gonna cut that out. I'm gonna cut uh, that out. That's right. <laughs> but, um, no, I'm just recovering. I'm trying. I'm. Uh, I'm feeling a lot better. Uh, I went to work today, and I think the fresh air helped. And I work outside for those that don't know, so I can kind of stay away from everyone. And um, yeah, I'm doing all right. Things well, are good. I mean, if Ian just had his flu podcast, maybe it's your turn. <laughs> I, I might have given it to him though so we'll uh we'll see <laughs> but um how's uh how's squamish golf course you keeping it in good shape keeping it in good shape you guys gotta come up and play at some point here it's, yeah i want to it's looking mint and honestly it's way better than the course we played last year at furry creek like, really like a more luxurious higher end course but for what you're getting at squamish valley it's second in none it's one of my favorite courses in the world I'm maybe a little biased, but yeah, I do love the course. So, oh, everyone loves a little bit of recency bias. Exactly. 100%. Exactly. And, and and it's a course that you know the ins and outs of. You, yeah. Yeah. So I was a junior member there for four years, and I've been working there for now through well, basically three years. So, um, yeah, I know I've played it lots, and I know the ins and outs. So that's sweet, man. Well, yeah. you got you got to get in bed. Uh, pretty early tonight so let's get going on we got a heavy heavy show we're going to talk about uh, some draft day craziness and then talk about some signings and nhl free agency like hayden mentioned before is coming up the the day this uploads so there's going to be signings out of the fucking ass the day this comes out so a lot of these uh takes might might not age well but they might age perfectly you never know (laughs) But let's uh let's kind of rewind a little bit and uh, talk about the draft. Yep. Now, when it comes to the draft, I'm one to usually okay, where are the Canucks picking? Just tell me when I want to see who they pick. But this draft came with so much uncertainty about who is going where. Like Shane Wright was a consensus ever since until like six months ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then next thing you know. Slavkovsky cam comes into the mix. Logan Cooley comes into the mix. Comes into the mix, and now it's like, all right, now we don't know what's happening. And then all of a sudden, Bobby Margarita, Bob McKenzie's draft board comes out, and he has Slavkovsky one. And then everyone's like, all right, well, if Bob's putting him at number one, then like, what's going on here? The yeah. Vegas odds are changing like live, like crazy. So it was yeah. one I was actually really intrigued by, yeah. but uh. Boys, what was your overall reaction to the draft in general? Because I thought it was one of the craziest like viewing experiences I've had in a while. Yeah, I can agree with that. Like in terms of uh, entertainment value, it was up there, especially the first 10, 15 picks. I was losing my mind with, with some of the events that happened. We'll get into that later, of course. Yeah. But um, yeah, like starting with the Slavkovsky pick to Montreal, that was the first one that got the ball rolling. And it was, yeah, it was a fun a fun draft definitely 2019 was pretty memorable as well just with how yeah. many good players were in that year yeah um, but yeah like this this draft in particular was really memorable to me as well so yeah for sure Hayden, i don't know if you caught yeah, it but no like, i was just oh. about to say like i don't know if you caught it but if you like read about it i'm sure like even in fine even in like print it just look sounds like a crazy experience Oh, no, 100%. And, you know, I've been kind of following uh, the boy Darren Drager on Twitter, and a lot of it uh, for the past couple of weeks at least, it was like 
oh, Shane Ray, you know, is looking pretty good. And it's like, I almost thought like, oh, maybe do I bet like Shane Wright, like number one overall, you know? And then, yeah, uh, Slavkovsky goes number one. And it's like, okay, well then does Wright go number two? Yeah. You know, like what happens with that? And then he didn't go number two. And that one video of him giving like the dirtiest look to the Montreal bench or the Montreal yeah. table when he's up there. And it's like, oh boy, you don't want, you don't want right play against Montreal. Where, where did he go again? I forget where he went. He won the fourth spot, right? Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's going to be a memorable, ga- uh, memorable game when Seattle and Montreal play next year, right? Oh yeah. If they do. So most definitely. Yeah, no, that was pretty, pretty crazy in my opinion. Yeah. The first, first five picks I was, I was kind of like, well, this just wasn't what I was expecting at yeah. all. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's go, let's start, let's get into it. Let's get into it. So when I saw Slavkovsky go one, I was surprised, but I also wasn't too surprised because of the hype around Cooley, Slavkovsky, Nemich, and like other than Wright, like they were going up while Wright was kind of going down. So I was like, I mean, just with Montreal's situation, they got Suzuki up front, having a dynamic line with Suzuki, Caulfield, and Slavkovsky. Like, that's going to be something that they could remember. That's a heat line. Right? So, like, that could be really good in a few years. And I've heard that Slavkovsky, like, he has some of the highest ceiling of any prospect in the draft. He might bust more than other players, but, like, he could – he's 6'4", 230. Yeah. So – He's got something you can't teach in size. No. And the fact he's a fast and skilled player right away. And yeah. at 6'4", 230, like he's NHL right at this point. I think he'll play in Montreal next year. There's no doubt yeah. about it. Yeah. And to your point, Jevin, about, you know, having the center depth down the middle. There's another guy we'll talk about with one of the big trades that happened. Yeah. We'll get into that later, but he fits in. Slavkovsky fits in perfectly with that player that we're going to talk about in a bit. Yeah. Um, I, I really like the pick out of Montreal. It was a shock at first, but after kind of thinking about it and be like, you know what, this is actually the right pick for this team. Yeah. Uh, I think Montreal made the right choice in the end. And I will talk about it now because Montreal, once it got to what, like pick, did it get five, to pick 13 five, or was it around like pick five? The, they did the trade. Five, six. Yeah. Yeah. So they turns out that they had a trade already made. And they traded Alexi Romanov um, to uh, Alexi Romanov in the 98th overall pick for the pick 13, like to the Islanders. And then they used that 13th overall pick and the 66th overall pick to get Kirby Doc. So now they got their two centers down the middle in Suzuki and Doc. And I guess that's why they didn't go. Shane Wright because they already had yeah. traded for Doc a few days prior and then they announced it that day. So just that whole sequence and it was the best video is seeing the Montreal Canadiens fans like the roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. <laughs> like obviously Batman gets up there and the boos are coming in, they're raining on him like infinite like end game from yeah. Thanos. Rain fire. It's just the boos coming in on Batman. But He's shut them up really quick when he said, "Both these trades involve you guys," and it just went dead silent. <laughs> it was the fun. It was amazing. 
So yeah, you might actually want to listen to this because it involves you guys. Listen to this, yeah. Yeah, and then they were so heartbroken seeing Romanov go. Yeah. Then they realized they got Kirby Doc. Who say what you want about Doc, but I'm not gonna judge any player until he plays at least like four or five years in the league. The fact is, Doc's 21 and he's got his whole career ahead of him, and he's just four two ten puck dominant center. And you see, you see the clips in junior. The kid was nuts. Yeah. in Montreal is going to take, I hope he takes a really big step and he's got some, you know, experience from Taves from Kaner in in Chicago. And now coming to Montreal, he can kind of spread his wings a little and just kind of go nuts. And I'm kind of hoping he does because I love doc. I've got a Jersey of him up here. Oh yeah. His U 18 hockey Canada Jersey, the black one. Yeah. Love that Jersey. Um, But he's a heck of a player and I'm, I'm excited for him. Yeah. I think it was a good trade because he fits perfectly in the timeline of them. He's not too young where he needs two years or two or three years to develop. Like he's got the NHL experience and Chicago is just a, a joke of a situation for doc. Like I know he was playing with Kane, but like he wasn't really playing with Kane. He was playing with what, like Dylan Strome maybe, or like he was playing like Kubalik or something uh, like he just wasn't really playing with, players that were like gonna be there with him so he finds himself in montreal where they kind of got their core intact now they got five solid forwards now and yeah i just hope that he can find a second uh stride in montreal but it's gonna be exciting um but yeah when nemich went second i think that was the biggest oh my god i've let out in a while were you surprised when Nemesh went too? Hayden, go ahead. I was kind of like how we were saying, Jeff. I thought the whole time I was like waiting for the anticipation of like the Canucks have traded JT Miller. I was waiting for that. But then when it didn't happen, I was kind of like, well, I mean, probably the the hotter or not the, the colder take of that happening. So I think it was more surprised at that. But at the same time, I mean, kind of, kind of not. Like, surely every team sort of has what they want to do with this draft. And I feel like, you know, maybe New Jersey, uh, I feel like they had more of a safe pick with maybe going with right. But, like, who knows, right? Who knows? The thing with New Jersey that really was interesting is that they have really good center depth as is right now. Yeah. Taking Nemich was actually the right move um, for their system. And I think even if right – well, it's hard to say in hindsight. If Wright went to Montreal, I think New Jersey would have definitely taken Slavkovsky, especially yeah. to go with some of the smaller mm-hmm. centers, especially because yeah. Heischer and Hughes aren't all that big. But now that Slavkovsky's off the board, Wright's more or less kind of a similar player to Nico Heischer. I was about to say. You might as well yeah. take the top defenseman on the board, which was Nemich, and he's, he's, a, he's a menace too. He reminds me of Petrangelo yeah. in a lot of ways, and I think he's going to be – a great fit. He's going to learn from Hamilton. He's going to learn from Severson. And like, he might, he, I don't think he's going to play next year. I just no. think there's too many guys there in front of him. But once some of these guys clear out, I think there's going to be a spot right for Nemich and him and Hughes on that Luke, the younger Hughes, Luke um, on the back end for years. Disgusting. It's kind of disgusting. Yeah. yeah. It could be pretty nasty. Yeah. New Jersey devils. And they have what, like the second highest amount of cap or like top five cap space in the league this summer. So, yeah. They can go out and get some vets, maybe offer sheet some players. Like they could do, they could wreak havoc this offseason. New Jersey's going to be 
disgusting yeah. in like three to four years. I agree. With, yeah, it's it's scary. But yeah, I was going to say, like, I was surprised Wright didn't go to. But then I kind of looked at it and I'm like, he to your point, Scott, he's yeah. too similar to he to waste a second overall pick on when a franchise right shot defenseman, which is which is like gold. Yeah. to NHL cool. teams when you have a franchise right shot defenseman like that's yeah you, you don't, hit you don't hail Mary. you have to draft them yeah and where you get to trade for Simon yeah, yeah. and when you got mm-hmm. a top five prospect in the entire draft and you have them sitting there at two I think it's a no-brainer yeah. to draft yeah. him when you're already set at center with the next two highest prospects in Cooley and Wright who are yeah. centermen yeah. well they might are they better prospects than Emich? Maybe, but for the situation New Jersey's in, I think it was the right choice to go with uh, Nemich when your number one prospect is already off the board. Definitely, yeah. I agree. Couldn't agree more. So uh, let's talk about uh, your boys. Uh, Mintikoff goes to oh, Anaheim. Anaheim, yep. Yep. What are your <laughs> thoughts on him? A nice, solid left-shot defenseman? Yeah, I really like him a lot. He's going to really go well with uh, Drew Hellison or um, some of the guys that the Ducks draft in the second round, one of those guys, whoever it might be. It's a very crowded defense prospect cupboard in Anaheim, but that is really good. In all you can never players. have too many good defensive yeah, prospects. Exactly, and Anaheim is like probably – Never enough. Never enough, exactly. And Anaheim's probably the best de- uh, defense-developing organization in the NHL. I'm not even biased saying that. I'm just saying that because it's true. Um, you look at guys like Manson who was drafted late round and Fowler became what he was and Lindholm, these, some of the guys are high picks. Yeah. But then you look at someone like Sammy Votnin who was drafted in the fifth round. He turned out to be pretty good when he was in Anaheim and, um, just a bunch, you know, a bunch of these guys that are solid Shea Theodore, former duck who turned out really well. That's so it's kind of a heartbreaker for you guys looking at it, but that one hurt. Let me tell yeah. you, but now that Drysdale's here, now that Zellweger, as good as he was for Everett this year, um, Hellison's now over from Colorado. And now they've got Mintikov, who is kind of like a forward on defense. He's, he's nasty. And some of his clips were kind of stupid. Um, I just, I really like the pick. And again, they could, I was really kind of hoping that Savoy would drop to 10. Because if, if he fell to 10, I think it's a no brainer for the Ducks there. But I'm happy with Mintikov. He's going to be really good. And he's like a, chl based russian so we won't have the issue of him going back and forth right so yeah i anytime you can get a good skating big defenseman who can kind of transition play really well you got to kind of jump on that when you can you have to 100 yeah and yeah as a left shot he fits the anaheim system perfectly yeah and like I've read up on him for a while because I'll be honest, like a lot of these prospects in this draft, I wasn't too like educated on, but I looked into this kid and he has some of the Ross talent in this draft. And if you can just get him developing and get some good veteran presence around him, then the sky is the limit for kids like that. Absolutely. And like he was, he's probably the second best defenseman in this draft behind Korchinski and Korchinski's, like kind of a wild card. He could be an absolute boom for Chicago or an absolute bust. It's going to be hard to say. Minchikov is more of a safe, I want to almost say safer pick, but not, it's hard to explain how he is. Um, But 
Yeah. There was a lot of talk like pre-draft that Korchinski was going to fall to 10 and the Ducks would take him Form, you know, Seattle Thunderbird, kind of like Shea Theodore, you know, yeah. some familiarity with the WHL, especially in Anaheim. Um, and I tends to take a lot of WHL prospects for whatever reason, but um, yeah, I really like this pick. I like Minchikov. I think he's going to be great and he goes well with what the Ducks already have. So right. easy pick for Pat for Beak. Hey, what was it? What's your kind of thoughts on like never having too many of like solid defensemen in your um, like system like Anaheim does? Because despite them, like, yeah, it's kind of like with um, like if Montreal went with Shane Wright instead yeah. of Seth Cosby, because the term always uses you can never have too many centers, you can never have too many defensemen, draft a goalie every draft because you can never run out of those. Yeah, as we saw with Canucks last year, yeah. Demko. Di Pietro, Halak were all injured or COVID at the same time, and that's how we found mm-hmm. the rose grown from concrete in Spencer Martin, and yeah. now he's our backup for next year, right? Yeah. And so, like, you can never have yeah. too many goalies. But Hayden, what are your kind of thoughts, and how can you kind of relate it to maybe like football, for example, like of a position that you can <clears throat> never have too much of? Easiest position you can never have too much of is receiver. Yeah, you can never have you can never have too many receivers. If you have like six good receivers rotating, you know, all at once, surely you know you're gonna grind down the corners. So it's like defensemen. You can almost put defensemen like a corner because they kind of play like that sort of defending role, but they also play that like position where they're your backline offensemen. You know, like they have the power shots, they block any pucks going out. So the one I'd relate it to is receivers just because receivers are so valuable and any solid defenseman is a great defenseman in my opinion, because they're going to be long lasting like defensemen are probably one of the other than goalies, the longest lasting and especially like tall defensemen too, like with a booming shot, you know, and some great playmaking abilities yeah, the defensemen and uh, receivers, I think, go hand in hand just with relating. Yeah. And especially with Mintikov, like, yeah. drafting him with a deep defensive system, you're not forcing him into the NHL. You can let him develop if he needs it. The worst thing you can do is throw a guy into the fire too quick, and it can hamper any mm-hmm. player's development. It can happen to anyone, right? So he might not need it. He might be NHL ready right now, but you're not rushing him into it. And he could be like your number one, number two, top three defensive prospect on your team already ahead of those guys, but they've already had the development. They use the development prior. So if, Hey, go spend, go play a year in junior overseas or in the A or whatever. Let's just like, get those mistakes out early so you can come up and kind of be a little bit not so overwhelmed right yeah and that's 100 like comes mm-hmm. in, in this situation as well and again minchikov isn't nhl ready he needs another year i think he's yeah. gonna at a 6-2 frame he's got a big frame he's gonna put enough put on a couple pounds yeah and then eventually he'll be he'll be gold and he'll be good to go and he's already got the puck skills and the movement and it just you know a little bit of some of the defensive laps he is he does play a physical game but to play that physical game in the NHL, he needs to be able to touch ever so slightly bigger. Yeah. And another year in junior, he can absolutely assert his dominance, play for Russia at the World Juniors if they're able to go. Um, 
and then we'll see what happens. But no, I like you said, Jeff, and I like this pick. And again, Hayden, it's a really good reference. Actually, having you know def- enough defenders is huge, and you know better have better to have a lot than none. And then again, Anaheim can use them as trade chips to get better forwards or exactly to help you know help move Gibson to get a better goalie or who, who knows what that's you know who knows. So yeah, exactly. And Mintikov has all the intangibles. Like he has all the stuff you can't teach. You know, he's got the high IQ and a good frame. Good frame. And in a defenseman, you want like obviously Quinn Hughes, Sammy Girards are kind of outliers because of how well they are at skating and like yeah. kind of body position and just like yeah, um, their transition play. But are they the best in the corners and in front of the net? No, you can't always rely on that. But Mintikov 6-2, can, anyone can put on some weight, but it's the height and the frame and the good transition play coming out. You can't – Exactly. it's hard to pass up on that. And it's – you know, you talk about the size and skill. And that's kind of been Anaheim's identity for a long time is having these big physical teams that can skate. So after, you know, Bob Murray drafted Drysdale and Zagreus, who are – more or less franchise players. Let's just yeah. let's get that out there. They are going to be our franchise players for a long time. You could even throw McTavish into that. But McTavish plays a physical, heavy, mean game. Mintikov plays that physical, you know, hard-nosed game from the back end. And then the other the other picks in the first and second round that Anaheim took, aside for Tristan Luno, who's more of a puck-moving defenseman, um, both uh, Noah Warren and uh, Nathan Gaucher are both heavy physical guys that maybe aren't going to play in your top six or your top, you know, top four defense for Warren, but they're going to be key guys on your team. Like Noah Warren reminds me of like uh, Noah Dobson in a way, like a little less still than Dobson, but um, that type of kind of player, if you will. So that's, yeah. yeah, I mean, the duck's future is so bright. It's unbelievable. I, I had a take that I said once that I said Anaheim's going to win a cup before Toronto just because yeah. of their star-studded core and, and crazy development that they always find. Yeah. And it's, yeah. The goalie to replace Gibson, whether it's Lucas Dostal or uh, Ole Eriksson Ek, whoever it is of those two, they're both looking really good. Um, yeah. Whoever comes up through first um, will take the net and hopefully run with it, and they'll be great. And that, that yeah. Once they have that, then I think we'll be talking about Stanley Cup, but that'll be about four or five years from now. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about the Canucks taking LeCara Mackey. And anytime you can take a player with the best, one of the best shots in the draft, you take that and a good skating center and winger who is good on special teams and five on five. It's you, you can't pass that up. And, um, I wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on the Canucks taking yet another fucking Swedish player. I swear we're going to be Team Sweden in like two years. <laughs> we have nothing but them, man. Both at this point, yeah. Yeah, so we're going to force Besser and Horvat out soon. They it's just like... want to replicate. Oh. They just oh. want to replicate the uh, the Sedin magic there. Yeah. Yeah. I think Daniel Henrik had a lot to say. Am in, I good? In this draft pick. Um, yeah, you, you froze for a second there, and but you kind of uh, you got your feet back and you uh, you got out what you wanted to say. Yeah, you're chilling, bud. Oh, there you go. Calgary washrooms. Calgary washrooms. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, carry uh, on, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, Daniel and Henrik had probably had a lot of influence on this particular draft pick, and the fact that Lakaramaki fell because he was supposed to go like top mm, ten, top eight, or like maybe top twelve. Um, again, like you said, Jeff, I mean, he's got 
arguably the best shot in this draft class. And to put him with Patterson, to put him with Horvat, whoever, or even Miller, if he's still there, doesn't matter. The fact is he's a shooter and a damn good one at that. So I think the Canucks did a good job with this pick and it is another Swede, but is that by design? I don't think so. I think it's just a matter of best player on the board. And like I said, he did fall in the draft ranking. So I think Canucks got a good pick here. Yeah, it's, I, I could be happy with it. And again, he's going to need two to three years. He needs to fill out a bit. He's his frame isn't the biggest, but Hayden, what did, what are your thoughts on it? Well, it's kind of like what we were talking about on last week's episode with what we thought they were going to do, you know, how, if there was going to be a defenseman or if they're going to go best player available. And this was best player available. He fell so far and I watched some of his, like, you know, some tape and, the craziest thing, yeah, he's 17, turning 18 in a couple of weeks. But what what would it, what did he have in like six games? He had like 16 goals or some shit. Like, yeah, the guys, the guys, like a shooter, like a actual sniper. It, yeah. It's it's crazy and it's insane. And yeah, two two years, two three years in the WHL because he's going to the Giants, right? He he might he uh, has right? he's um. The Giants own his rights, but I, I think he's going to go back to and play in Sweden. I think he wants to play over. I think they want him to play overseas. Oh, okay. Yeah, but he does have his well, rights are owned by the Giants. People uh, looking at him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well then, there you go. Yeah, get some people looking at him. Make sure he stays on track. And yeah, this kid, in two or three years, when he's 20, 21... <laughs> He's going to be a fucking rock star. He's going to be just awesome to see. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited with that, despite Alvin completely butchering his name, adding like eight syllables in there. I guess. <laughs> oh, God, it was so funny, man. When I heard that, I'm like, oh, that, that doesn't sound that doesn't sound correct at all. Isn't what what nationality is Alvin? Isn't he Swedish? He's Swedish and he still butchered it. But, terrible yeah. absolutely fucking terrible yeah <laughs> good job bud but uh <laughs> probably the biggest story that i feel like isn't talked about enough canucks draft another elias patterson yeah, true. <laughs> I mean, 80th overall yeah it is a good story for sure what the fuck is happening man <laughs> dude the fact i was listening to donnie and dolly and Don Taylor was saying, like, yo, this is insane. Like, this is crazy. And Rick Dollywell was like, oh, it's not that crazy. It's two guys with the same name. And Don Taylor was like, dude, are you paying attention to what just happened? A player with the same name just got drafted to the same, <laughs> same team, like, yeah. five years after the other kid. Yep. So it's not like the other kid's on his way out. Like, no, they're both going to be a part of the core here. And in all fairness, though, Elias Pettersson is a pretty common name in Sweden. In all, I'm just saying. But... It's pretty, I, it has to be like the John Smith because, I mean, we have two of them. But, <laughs> but that's the crazy part is that we have two of them at the same time. Yeah, That's, I think, the crazy part. Yeah. So, no, it's definitely interesting, but definitely a unique coincidence. And it's yeah. cool that the Canucks have managed to make that work. I don't know how yeah. they did, but they did. Just okay. imagine... A goal from Elias Pettersson, assisted by Elias Pettersson. (laughs) (laughs) Or making a bet saying that, like, oh, why is Elias Pettersson, you know, plus 150 to score a goal, and he's also plus 500 to score a goal? 
<laughs> yeah, that's funny. But I uh, I heard this one tweet. And it was like, let's be honest, guys. Alvin only drafted him to throw into trade packages because other GMs would think <laughs> that they're trading the franchise centerman. <laughs> and I'm like, that's so smart. That's big brain move there. Big brain. Yeah. 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 We only drafted you to be a decoy in trade packages. Sorry, bud. <laughs> but no i'm I, I read that and i'm like okay what and they like look the same too but it's like the two sebastian ajos in the nhl there's a defenseman on the islanders and there's a forward on carolina and last season they scored at like seven seconds apart in yeah. like actual like yeah time of day yeah. Which is so like different venues, different teams, different coaches, teams. But um, yeah, it was it was crazy. Yeah, it's such a unique coincidence there too with Sebastian Ajo. Yeah, so it's probably a popular name in Finland. So like, I'm not surprised that we got like there's an Elias Patterson because I feel like there's 800 more out there. Yeah, but I mean, just they're both they both got drafted by the Canucks. I think that's that's what stands out to me. If, so if you got drafted by like <laughs> any other team, I would be like, oh, cool. Elias Patterson. But it's the fact that the Canucks got him is what makes it crazy. Yeah. But. uh Oh, it could also be a marketing technique. Yeah, true. Could be. Put like uh get like a jersey that has like both of their numbers on it or some shit. Yeah. Boom. Buying the double jersey. Yeah. Are, are they going to have to do like first and middle initial and then Patterson to differentiate the name that. bars? Yeah, or like E, like if like if Elias Pedersen, the twenty seventeen draft pick is like for like middle name M E M Pedersen, or like and then if it's like E like S Pedersen or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I feel like they're gonna have to do that because sometimes when like brothers on the same team have the same first letter, they just go with the second letter in their first name. Yeah, I've seen that too. So like A L and then like A P or something like that, or whatever their names are but that. you can't do that with elias patterson because you just yeah same first and second third fourth fifth letter in the first name <laughs> like, everything's the same so if they have like any sort of same middle name i'm throwing hands yeah like what are you doing to the poor equipment manager man you're confusing them yeah <laughs> you're confusing them you know, there's no guarantee that Elias Pettersson 2022 draft pick actually makes the Canucks roster and they actually play on the same, you know, at the same time. But I really be- hope so, dude. I, I, I hope so. And it's going to be a story if it does happen. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's going to be. Like, first time in NHL history that yeah. whatever. Two plays but, yeah. yeah. So, well, it's – I'm uh, – yeah. I, I was so happy when I said – because my uncle texted me. He's like, two Gretzkys. Because me and him, when we went – I visited him in Ohio <laughs> – we went to a Columbus Canucks game and uh, we were calling Patterson like MV Patterson, MVPD, uh, Elias Gretzky. Like he was yelling that. And then he texted me, he's like, two Gretzkys. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then yeah. I read the yeah. Twitter article and I was like, this is insane. This is this, I'm dreaming right now. But uh, so free agency is coming up which means some um, players were re-signed, traded, whatever. Do you guys want to go through the trades first or like the notable trades first or the notable signings first? Let's do trades first. Trades first. I like that because one kind of falls into the other. Yeah. So we'll go to the first big one because we haven't talked about all of the draft day trades, the yeah. notable draft day trades. Alex DeBrinkat. 
is going to the nation's capital. That is the Ottawa Senators for a 2022 first round pick, a 2022 second round pick, and a 2024 third round pick going back to Chicago. Gentlemen, what are your thoughts on this trade? I think Ottawa completely fleeced Chicago, but I will let you guys carry it on. Yeah, the Sins win it in a landslide. And again, they are three draft picks, and that pick was used to select Kevin Korchinski. But I think Ottawa's player wasn't going to be available at seven, and that's kind of why they they pulled that trade off. Um, I'm not sure who that player was. It doesn't matter. Point being that Ottawa still wins this trade. Dabrinkit still got lots of life left in his career. It's 23. 23. Um, That's my point. Lots lots of (laughs) He's a heck of a player, and he's going to really kick that rebuild into hyperdrive well if it's even a rebuild anymore they're, they're talking about making the playoffs next year so. oh they're like in the same position as like anaheim or detroit or maybe detroit's a few more years behind they're but, ahead of, they're ahead of anaheim at this point just with how their players are yeah. they're a little bit further ahead in the rebuild yeah. um they're, they're in the retool and just like adding a few pieces then yeah they're done their rebuild's done i think and i think that trade finalizes it you know, yeah, especially because now, now mm-hmm. they've got a great shooter to go with Norris and Kachuk or with Schutzla and Batherson or, you know, whoever. Yeah. Top six is kind of scary, not going to lie to you. Yeah, and then they got Jake Sanderson and Thomas Shabbat on the back end, and they might trade for Chikorin. Eric Brandstrom and Chikorin has been to, rumored to go to Ottawa. Yeah, it's it's going to be as long as they get some half-decent goaltending, which won't be yeah. Matt Murray this year. Yeah. He's somewhere else now. Um, it'll be – yeah, it should be good. Hayden, were you surprised with the return going back to Chicago? No. Like, well, honestly, yeah. Like, it, it, ever since Corey basically kind of explained how tr- uh, the draft really works, right? Like, no pick is an ever guarantee to yeah. start on your team. Anytime a player goes for picks in the NHL, I just think whoever gets the player, landslide of a win. Especially yeah. a proven young player, yeah. you know, like 40 Ottawa, <laughs> multi-time forty-goal scorer. Yeah, yeah, and he's only twenty fucking three years old. So, like, yeah. yeah, no, Ottawa wins. Chicago, like we said, or like you said at the start, Chad, they're just shit, shit situation, and who knows what they're gonna be like? They had their glory years ten years ago. It's it's the ship has sailed. Yeah. yeah. They, they need to get rid of Taves and Kane earlier than they did, and they yes, and that's what fucked them over. Yeah, now they've got all mm-hmm. this fallout from this, and now they're getting rid of their like supposed to be young core, to bring it and Doc included, and you know, yeah, Adam Bogvist is gone too for Seth Jones. Like, I yeah, that Seth Jones deal is laugh out loud funny, man. They signed him last year to eight yeah. times nine and a half, and now he's like. Now they're like, yeah, I think we want to trade him now because uh, we've changed directions. Yeah. How much have you changed in 11 months? Like you you committed to eight years, nine and a half to a defenseman that you overpaid way too much for and gave up assets and young prospects for for the situation you're looking to be in right now. It's, yeah, it's ridiculous. There is going to have to be Duncan Keith. Because he's retiring. Yeah. Yeah. And they take on his contract. Yeah. Some nice cap recapture. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about Duncan Keith retiring a bit, but uh Scott, what were you gonna say? 
I was just gonna say there was a really funny post about this whole like Chicago Columbus deal. It was like um, Columbus got like Adam Bokvist, like Cole Sillinger, um, and I think like a couple picks and like um, the sixth overall pick, which they used to select David Yurchek in exchange for Seth Jones and the seventh overall pick basically was like the trade or whatever it was. It was like stupid, but like the Columbus, like Columbus won a landslide and just shows you how shitty Chicago did with like all of, I mean, all of these trades, like even the Kirby doctorate, I think the Montreal Canadiens won that too. Yeah. In all, fa- in all fairness. So all three teams that Chicago traded to won the trades, Montreal, Ottawa, and then Columbus, they won their trades. Not maybe not on the landslide, but some of them were a landslide, but, they at least won the trade and Chicago got the short end of the stick and they're now they're fucked. Yeah. The Debrinkat deal, like I thought, because with Hayden's point that draft picks aren't guaranteed, which is why I would think Chicago would have gotten at least two first round picks for a 23 year old multi-time 40 goal scorer. You'd think so. Like they were saying no to so much, so many big packages and then when I saw them do this, I'm like, that's it? Yeah. Just one first-round pick? Yeah. And that's no, all they got? No roster players either. That's the other thing that shocked yeah. me. No, like, current roster player. No, like, proven NHL that's going to start no, the lineup. Yeah, like, I was thinking maybe, like, do they ship Batherson out? Do they ship, like, a Josh Norris out? Because, like, I mean, like, you're getting to Brink at, and he's an absolute sniper and proven. Yeah. Like, he, he could – potentially win a rocket yeah and yeah one first round pick and no roster players like chicago and no parallel universe wins this trade so i i thought it was crazy but uh colorado acquires gorgiev from the rangers for a third round pick a fifth round pick and another third round pick in 2023 call um Colorado, I guess um, signing Kemper was on the horizon and it was kind of past them. They figured that they had no cap space. What, do you like this for Colorado? Any of you guys? Yeah, um, this is a no-brainer. They're, they weren't going to be able to afford Nichushkin, Kemper, and Kadri if they're able to get all three. Um, they, I mean, we'll talk about Nichushkin later. Um, Kadri, we'll see what happens tomorrow. We'll make some predictions on that. But um, like, yeah, it would, at this point, like, Georgiev, you know, Georgiev was, yeah, whatever, however you say his name, like, he's going to, he's, he was going to be a starter in New York, except for that they have Shesterkin in New York. So this is a logical move for the Avalanche and Kemper, Kemper was gone anyways. There's no way they could afford him. Yeah. And with his health status, it was dumb to resign him for long term for big money. So I think this is a great move for the Avalanche, kind of, not going to lie to you, kind of fleecing him out of New York. Because there's that's not a lot of return going the other way. Yeah, in my, in my opinion. But yeah, Hayden. Yeah, I kind of see it the same way as Scott right there. Not a lot going back to New York, especially when it's like we have a really good backup goalie, but we also have probably one of the greatest uh, goalies right now. Yeah. You know, like maybe maybe drive out the bargain a little bit and. I, if that's all you're saying, you know, I think both teams won this trade. They, uh, New York got picks for a backup goalie. You know, that's like getting, that's like getting picks for like, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's pretty much cash money, I think. Yeah. And I think Gorgiev 
like he was still like what 15 10 and 2 when he was getting like not a lot of days between or he was getting so many days between starts yeah. like i think a lot of his stats they might not look as good because goalies need to get in a rhythm and we looked we saw that with Halak this past year you saw him on Boston and he was one of the best backup goalies in the league. And people were saying he could be a starter somewhere like for a team that needs some, an experienced goalie or doesn't have a lot of cap space. He could be a, he could be a, at least a one a maybe. Right. But he got what, like two and a half weeks between starts because Demko would just like took on the workload and he would suck every time he got in net. Because, like, goalies need to get in a rhythm. So I feel like Gorgiev, he can only excel from here. And I think this can look really good um, for Colorado because people are kind of recency biased. Like, oh, he didn't play too good behind Shesterkin. But, like, if you just give him some minutes and give him some games, he might play better. And I think this is a lower tier 1A, 1B, but, like, a good tandem with uh, Gorgiev and Frank Kuz. Because I mean, Frank Hughes was six and zero in the playoffs this past year. Like, I think that goes overlooked a lot, right? Agreed. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, people were worried about like, oh, McDavid and Drysdale are going to put up five point eights on Frank Hughes, and next thing you know, Frank Hughes is walking away with a four nothing shutout in Game Three, and it's like, oh, okay, like Frank Hughes, I guess he isn't so bad after all. And now they have another solid backup who is a starter on like half the teams in the NHL. Right. So I, I like the move for Colorado. We'll see how it shapes out. But yeah, I I think Joe Sackick is walking away with another W under his belt. I agree. Yeah. Another one. one I'll, um, I got um, like three more notable trades. I'll just rattle them off and then we can kind of talk about whatever we want. Um, Philly Huso goes to Detroit. Um, for NA 2022 third round pick is going back to St. Louis. Uh, Vanacek in a 2022 second round pick uh, went to New Jersey with a basically a pick swap in the second round and then an additional third round pick going back to Washington. Tony D'Angelo, um, the RFA in Carolina, is shipped off to Philly and going back to Carolina is a second, third, and fourth round pick uh, in the draft that just happened, 2022. And I think the big one that a lot of people were kind of speculating on the Maple Leafs goaltending situation, Matt Murray goes to Toronto along with a 2022 third and a 2024 fourth round pick for future considerations going back to Ottawa, Ottawa retaining 25% of Matt Murray's six and a quarter million dollar uh, cap hit. So he'll be making just over $4 million. He was like two ten and something, or like five ten and something over in Ottawa. He cleared waivers, spent time in the A. Um, what do you guys think of any of these trades? And a lot of these players got contract extensions with their respective teams, but we'll go into that yeah. in just a second once we kind of clear the air on these. Aiden, go ahead. Well, with the Matt Murray one, I think that one's almost like the most notable trade because it now seems like Toronto's trying to do something with the goaltending. You know, like it's not a huge name, but it's someone new in the building. And who knows, maybe Murray 
lights it up with Toronto star firepower on offense, yeah. you know? And so it's just a new name. And I feel like people from Toronto are actually going to act, uh, feel like this is a good move. And I think it's a good move too. get a new name, get a new person in there, roll with the guy, see how he does. And it also makes you wonder with how, what they're going to do, what Toronto's going to do now with um, Jack Campbell. So it depends on how the Leafs see Matt Murray. Do they see him as their number one? Do they see him as their one B or their two? Then that's a, you know, that's a different question. We'll have to sort of see what happens tomorrow. But my thinking, and I think probably Hayden's thinking too, in this being a good move, I think they think Murray is a one and that golden coach and, you know, a better defense in front of him will help. I mean, he is a Stanley Cup champion after all. So first, you know, uh, first goal in NHL history to win two cups while being a rookie both years. Rookie both years, exactly. So he's got you know he's got playoff experience. He knows how he's been there before. <laughs> New Hayden's reaction was going to be that. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Uh, if, if you did, play less than like twenty five like games the in car situation. Yeah. If you play less than 25 games in the NHL or like 40 games in the NHL and you're under the age of 26, you're considered a rookie. Yeah. And because of COVID, well, this for this case is different because he was a like he came in for the playoffs. Yeah. And then took over the starting spot, won a cup. Yeah. And then the following year, he was the backup. And then took over the and playoffs don't count towards those twenty five games, right? No, uh, they don't. No, it has to be so, regular season games. Yeah. So as soon as he never played the regular season, the first cup, and then played in the playoffs, and then the second season he was the backup, didn't play twenty five, hit playoffs, and then they that was a year sixteen seventeen, they went back to back. So, but anyways, <laughs> Scott, before I rudely interrupted you, okay. nope. what were you going on about? I just saw Hayden's reaction. I knew that was coming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My point about Matt Murray, yes, he did have, it, have this playoff experience when he was younger, but the point being that he's got it. And it's, again, is it something the least probably need? Yeah, because let's you know think about their goalies and who really has proper playoff experience outside of mm-hmm. Frederick Anderson had second-round experience with the Ducks, but that was it, really. Maybe th- maybe third, third round one year. But by that point, Gibson was kind of taking over. Um, so Anderson's gone now, and Campbell is, I think, gone too. I think he's going yeah. to Toronto as well. We'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Murray is probably now the guy, and I'm hoping that Toronto's goaltending situation in terms of the coaches and the coaching staff will help him get back to that number one status that he should be. To tag along with what you just said, Sheldon Keefe and Dubas both worked with Murray as Sault Ste. Marie. And their goalie coach worked with them, worked with Matt Murray as well. So he's has um, a relationship with all three of them, which I think ties into the trust factor that Dubas is hoping to find the 2016-17 Matt Murray that was on Pittsburgh. He said that in the trade. He's like, we did this hoping he can re-energize his career over here because I did say, I'm like, I don't think he's the, he's the answer. He got sent to the AHL. But, I mean, take his record. He was like 5-12-2. Take that record with a grain of salt because he was on one of the worst teams in the league in Ottawa. Especially defensively. For sure. Yeah, and they got – they're really raw. I know we were just pumping their tires, but, I mean, they're still super young and, like, inexperienced. They still got years ahead of them before they're really, like, contenders, right? And so Matt Murray wasn't really given any shot to like succeed 
there, right? So to Hayden's point, to your point, it's going to a team that I think if they get past Tampa, they're going to the Stanley Cup final. Hmm. That's a big that's mm-hmm. right there. I, like I, I think they would have gone to the Stanley Cup final if they beat Tampa. I think they would have waxed Florida. Yeah. Maybe not a sweep like Tampa. But anyways, that's not the point I'm saying. But I, I think Toronto, like, I, I know you got to win around before I started talking about the Cup, but I, I think this could help Matt Murray, but I don't think – I still think they're not there with goaltending. Like, I don't think Matt Murray's the answer. And especially with Campbell coming back, Campbell's one in north of six or around six. And let me tell you, spending $10 million on goalies that are maybe like fringe starters, you're playing de- you're playing with desperate measures at that point. And it's not something to rely on come April because they're still a playoff team. But I mean, once the playoffs hit, are you going to rely on Shilgren and Murray being your 1A1B to take on a re-energized Tampa who are, are now somehow have a chip on their shoulder after losing their, uh, <laughs> their third straight cup appearance? Like, yeah. So I, I don't know. Toronto, I would be nervous if I was a Toronto fan, and I'd be a little frustrated with how everything's kind of been handled. Yeah. So, but again, we'll see. This is really how you view Matt Murray and see if Matt Murray can have a bounce back year, which I think he's due for. So we'll see. I I do see where you're coming from. And I think it is a scary situation, but if this works out, Sean Keefe and Kyle Dubas are absolute geniuses. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, like Campbell was playing like a, like a Vesna candidate for the first half. And then he fell off the wheels. Like he did not look like he belonged in the NHL at one point. And that's the scary game that you're playing with Campbell and resigning any team resigning him for six mil. Yeah. And so like Matt Murray, it's a matter of consistency. He's just got to be like, cause this team's good enough to put four goals a game. Like they got a good roster, but you got to be able to stop less than four a night. You got to, so it's a it's going to be interesting to see how this year goes. I don't think it'll work out with Murray, but I mean, it's only words at this point, right? You got to see it in action. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, did any of the other trades stand out to you? I mean, like the fun, you know, the fact that Anthony D'Angelo, Gritty, and John Tortorella are all in the same city is going to be an absolute chaotic scene. Yeah, that's going to work um, out. Tortorella I'm, and D'Angelo, I'm, holy shit. Well, I think they were, they might've been, no, they weren't together in New York when D'Angelo and Tortorella were both. I don't think they were there at the same time, but um, either yeah, I think way. It was, I think it was David Quinn when he was, maybe, when yeah. he was in New York. Either way, though, it's going to be an absolute riot in uh, Philadelphia. I don't know what they are right now at this point. I don't think anybody does. We, Ian and I have talked about that on Speak Your Peace. Um, and I, we have no idea what Philadelphia is. And they could, they could be like the surprise team that, wins the metro they could be the team in the basement i just i really don't know i don't know um, yeah. yeah who knows i feel like they're just covering everything up with a band-aid right now yeah definitely and instead of yeah. instead of actually like <laughs> instead of actually like cleaning it out stitching it up letting it heal yeah and then moving on true they tore an acl and then put a band-aid over it instead <laughs> of sitting down and letting it rehab 
Yeah. Like they could easily be a team contending for Connor Bedard, but instead they're trading for D'Angelo and like trying to be in the mix for all these free agents. And it's like I'm very curious to see what they do in free agency. And there's there's one guy, a local-ish guy, that if they sign him, then I really don't know what they're doing. But yeah, who knows? Yeah, it's confusing. Um, the Billy Huso one before we move on to some of the signings. Yeah. He well, we'll talk about this one. He did sign for three times. 4.75 um he didn't have a necessary like he wasn't necessarily super reliable in st louis he kind of fluctuated he had some really good games really tough games what were your thoughts on Huso going to detroit both of you guys um hayden go ahead Uh, honestly, with this one, I'll be honest, didn't really read much into it. I really focused a lot of my uh, attention with uh, D'Angelo and Matt Murray. So I'll pass it. I'll pass the torch okay. off to Scott here. Yeah, for Detroit again. I've talked with Ian, who is a who's a Detroit Red Wings fan. I like this move. Um, Huso is gonna be kind of like that one A, one B with Nedeljkovic. Um, yeah kind of see where they go and eventually those two are going to be gone and Sebastian Costa is going to come in and it's going to be fun to watch. But um, the point is like Huso and Edokovic were kind of like, I hope are going to like shore up that goalie situation. And um, I'm thinking it's, it's a good signing. And again, like to your point, he wasn't super consistent, but he was solid. He was solid in St. Louis. And again, Bennington kind of took the reins from him again. It was just a weird situation in St. Yeah. Louis, Bennington and his antics, but um, I really don't mind this move, and I think it's actually going to work out well for Detroit. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see the 1A1B with the young tandem Agreed. over yeah. there. Definitely. All right, there's some big signings here. I'm going to rattle them off. Bring it. Fleury signs for two times three and a half back in mini. Latang gets his six-year deal that he wanted in Pittsburgh, uh, 6.1 a year. Huso, yeah. we talked about D'Angelo. He gets two by five. With Philly, Adrian Kempe, I think this is a really good signing for LA. He extends in LA for four by five and a half. I think that's a that's gonna be Absolutely. that's gonna be a steal Absolutely. of a signing. That's gonna pay off really well. Yeah. Philip Forsberg back in Nashville gets his payday that he wanted, uh, eight times eight and a half. Yes, sixty-eight mil in Tennessee. That's good. No state. Will... No state to have. That's sick. That is my dream as a hockey player. I would look to sign in Nashville, and if you can get eight and a half for eight years in Nashville, what gosh. a place! What a place yeah. to play. Yeah, Alexander Gorgiev. He signs for three and just under three and a half in Colorado over three years. This one was a massive one too. Vlad Valeri Nichushkin signs for eight years, six point one two five for forty nine million dollars in Colorado. Colorado got a fucking unreal deal with that one and the deal that might solidify the extinction of Evgeny Malkin in Pittsburgh Ricard Raquel signs for six years five million dollars a year in Pittsburgh boys what do you make of any of those signings I know I just fed you a massive spoonful of signings pie but I think there's a lot of good ones here the biggest point there is yeah Hayden go ahead um, it's it's gonna be really weird not seeing Malkin yeah. in a Pens uniform. Yeah. 
that's that was like the huge thing. The fact that they signed Latang and uh, oh, I'm blanking on the guy that you, yes, the fact that they signed them and not left Malkin hanging out to dry because he's getting old, but it's like, holy shit, like this is an end of an era, yeah, end of an era, you know, and then uh, every other signing that I saw and or that you rattled off, Jeff. I think it's all like amazing deals for yeah. every player and every team. Colorado, maybe with the biggest steal <laughs> for a signing, like Colorado, like again, like you said, with uh, with the goalie coming in, Joe Sackick, like, is there like a GM of the year award or like, he, yeah, he we just, have to make one? That, oh, that's something I forgot to put him on. Yeah, Joe Sackick won executive of the year. So well, Hayden, well, like, fuck he, me. yeah. <laughs> So yeah, he he won. He was up with the Rangers, like Chris Drury for the Rangers GM and Breezebaugh, Tampa Bay Lightning GM. Sackick ended up winning. I totally forgot to put that down. Thanks for reminding me, Hayden. But this just proves it. I mean, Nachushkin is one of the best two-way forwards in the <laughs> NHL, and he had a dominant playoffs, so not maybe not dominant. And then he played in the Stanley Cup final with a broken foot, and he just they signed him mm-hmm. to basically twice the amount of years they would have given Kemper at the same price. And you can't really complain about that. Scotty, what no, signing not at all. What yeah. signing stood out to you? So actually kind of, you know, to Hayden's point about they're all good deals. All of them stood out in a certain way. And again, I think this is really, you know, you talk about the two Colorado guys, the Chushkin signed at six mil, which I thought at first was a little expensive, but it's not bad. The term's really good for him. Yeah. Um, and then Georgia at, at three, five is a steal in my opinion. Yeah. Or it's yeah. going to look really good in a couple of years, but yeah. kind of to all this in that, you know, Kempe probably should make at least seven. Yeah. I, that Kempe deal. I saw that and I'm like, Oh my LA man. Last putting. And then here's my point. Here's my big point about all this is that teams, you know, players and teams have seen this Colorado model and like, you know what? McKinnon took less. Ratton took less. McCarr took less. All these guys are taking less money because they want to win a cup. Yeah. And every single signing so far has done that. And I think even like Raquel, at five is a bit expensive, but again, they maybe had to, you know, give him more money to keep him there. Cause I don't think he loves, loves Pittsburgh like he did Anaheim. Um, but again, and to your point that the Malkin thing really is going to be weird. I don't know where he's going to go. I hope it's somewhere cool, like somewhere like in a big market where he can like become, although he's only, he's 35 now, he can become kind of a star because he's been in Crosby's shadow his whole career. So I, yeah, so I, I want, I want to say a couple of things on here. They can't, can't be. Yeah. Same thing. I agree with you. The model had taken less and you know, where McKinnon got that from Crosby. Cause that, that pens roster, every Latang, Malkin, Crosby, like everyone on that roster took less money That's to funny. end next. What do they do? They won back to back cups and there's three cups they, in Crosby's career. So yeah. And they won cups. And so Nachushkin, I think, yeah, like six mil, maybe I don't think that six mil is representing the offensive production. He's one of the best two-way players. And I think paying money for um, stability from your offensive players in the defensive zone is massive. And I think it goes very under the radar. Probably 
if you if he was bad defensively and he signed for four million dollars, that would be an underpay, in my opinion. Agreed. But maybe throw an extra million and a half for being good defensively to keep you around. Yeah. I yeah. think I think six mil is perfect for him, basically doubling his annual salary from last year. And here's another key about <clears throat> the is that his chemistry with McKinnon, especially in the playoffs, is really good. And I yeah. think teams don't value that enough. And I think yeah. the Oilers should do that with Evander Kane, but we'll see if they do. Um, but the fact is, Nutrishkin in this signing at six mil is a good deal. And like you said, Devin, he is one of the best two-way forwards in the game. So it's yeah. no problem to me. And he even started gaining chemistry with Landeskog. True. And talk about a heavy line to play against. Landeskog, Nutrishkin. <laughs> Jesus. More what, talk about a line with skill, tenacity, physicality. Yeah. The give a shit meter is very low. Or yep. like give a fuck meter is very low to like anyone they're playing against. Like yeah. they, that's they got that's a scrappy skilled line and heavy line. Yeah. My God, call it watch out for Colorado. And they got Lekkinen as an RFA too. Yeah. Hayden's heard me basically stroke him off on this pod. Like I love Lekkinen. He's a perfect oh, we both have. Colorado. Yeah. So man, this Nachushkin deal. And with Raquel, I think the reason why he got signed ahead is because I don't think Pittsburgh wants to give Malkin term. No. Because I don't think Malkin really cares about the annual salary. He just wants like four years. But I think yeah. Pittsburgh only wants him to wants to give him two to three. So I think that's what's making Malkin frustrated. And what stands out is the six years they gave Raquel is because oh. I think the age is just on Raquel's side. And I think they kind of <laughs> went that direction instead. Yeah. And how old the- is Chris Latang? He's around the same as Malkin, maybe a couple years younger, but he doesn't have the same injuries piled up that Malkin does. And I think that's what's, yeah. And I think he's, so he's two years younger than Malkin, one to two years younger, right? Malkin's around 36, 35, Uh, but I just think Malkin, he's had ankle injuries, knee injuries. He sat, he was out for half the year this year, but Latang had one of his best statistical years this past year. And, so yeah. I think it's I think it's just a style of play that kind of differentiates why Pittsburgh went prioritized the tank more than Malkin. Agreed. So fair enough. And to that point, Jevin, to kind of to what you're adding on, like Malkin, like you said, Malkin plays that heavy room. If you're the kind of defenseman that can play until he's 45. Yeah. It's like not very aggressive, you know, it doesn't jump mm. all that much. He doesn't play a super heavy physical game, just does the job. You know, does the job, you know, plays really sound positionally, kind of like Ryan Suter. Yeah. You know, in that type, a little more offensive than Ryan Suter for sure. But like just that type of puck, really solid puck moving defenseman. Like he was um like a new age defenseman when he was like a rookie in his younger career. And now he's like that prototypical modern day puck moving defenseman, if you will. Yeah. So I yeah, a lot of the signings were um pretty solid, honestly. Um, quick thing, Flurry, how do you think this deal is gonna age? I know it's only two years, so it's not too much of a risk. The annual salary isn't too bad, so if they need to ship him off at the deadline, it's not too big of a contract to take on. What are your guys' thoughts on the Flurry contract? I think just because it's not that bad of a contract to ship off, if it's not what they want to do, I think it's a great great signing and yeah. also they've got cam talbot there and yeah minnesota, so. exactly yeah i think it's a low risk contract for minnesota so i feel like it won't kind of hurt anyone 
especially when Fleury's low risk, on, high reward. Yeah, Fleury's back on a team that he wanted to stay with. So, yeah. all right, Scotty. So I'm almost ready to ship you off, but I have some upcoming free agents that I want to kind of talk about. I went on to Sportsnet. I saw the top 12. So I kind of took that, yep. maybe took a little bit of notables. And I got, maybe I want to hear some teams that you might think that they might fit in, yep. kind of what you'll think. Like I got it. I got all my predictions, and I gave each player three teams I could see him going to. Yep. All right? So yep. I'll kind of sprinkle in some. I'm going to just start with John Klingberg. Both of you boys, where do you think he kind of sets up? He wants a long-term deal. He's 29, I believe, or 31, one of the two. John Klingberg is 29 years old. Yeah, so didn't have his best year this year. Uh, boys, where do you kind of see a veteran right-shot defenseman, 29 years old? Where do you kind of see him setting up, and what do you think? What kind of head is direction? Scott, I'll, let you, I'll let you go first on this one here. Like you have an answer. <laughs> I do. I do have an answer for many things, but um, Klingberg could go again. Right shot defenseman, hard to you know as as good as he is, he's a hard better you know to trade for a sign for you know sign at free agency. He might be a guy that's you know Seattle's looking at and being like, hey, this is a guy that can really kickstart our defense core because they don't really have anyone of that caliber in Seattle. So, and I, now that you know. Because Seattle took Shane Wright in the draft. I think they were, I'm pretty sure Ron Francis was thinking that Nemich was going to be that four when um, the Kraken were drafting. But now that they got right, they took Shane Wright. So now they kind of need a defenseman. Um, I think Klinger is that defenseman. Although he is 29, he's at least a guy that can, you know, kind of kickstart and be like a, a centerpiece of the Kraken getting through the rebuild. And by the end of his his contract, if it's eight years, they'll be at least somewhat competitive. And he plays a game similar to Latang, so he'll he'll be okay to go to that point. So I think Klingberg might end up in Seattle. Yeah. I got one. I think Ottawa could be a place. That's interesting. Right now, Travis Hamannick is set to be the first line right shot defenseman. Yep. So I think he could fix that. There might be cheaper options out there, but I think John Klingberg is the veteran presence we were talking about. Yeah. And he, I got him at about six at eight and a half. That might be pretty expensive for a player like him, but um, I mean, we were talking about Ottawa's skill and all they need is some veteran presence. And I think a veteran right shot defenseman with yeah. still some, uh, skill left in the tank, I think, fit in nice with Ottawa. How about Klingberg Shabbat on the same D pair? Not that they would play together, but that would be insane. Yeah, that'd be very nice. Yeah. I would like oh. that a lot. Um, Goudreau. Uh, Hayden, go ahead. Well, I was going to go back to my point with uh, defenseman before. With all that said in mind, maybe Edmonton. Oh, for, for maybe Klingberg? try to convince him with um, yeah, maybe try to convince him more with like just you can be the guy, maybe first, second line, and we have a young core. Stay with us, win a cup, boom. Yeah, I'm not even kidding. The three teams I have here is Edmonton, Seattle, Ottawa. Wow. For, for <laughs> there we go. Look so, at that. Yeah. So great minds think alike to all three of you, but to all three yeah. of you boys. Let's go. That's kind of that's fire. All right, Goudreau. Yeah, 
Yeah. Goudreau, oh, man. I'd have to figure – I feel like Calgary may have done him a little bit dirty. Hmm. Oh, man. I feel like maybe a Pacific team. Man, that's tough. Maybe Pacific or hmm. – I heard just tough. within his camp that he would either want to go back to Calgary or over to where he's from, like the Northeast area. East area, yeah. And that's kind of my prediction. Oh, okay. That's my prediction. So maybe Boston? Yeah, Boston is one of the teams that I had too. Um, I think he's going to Philadelphia. You think he's going to Philly? Yeah, just to stir, just to absolutely stir the pot. Um, Hayden, uh, Goudreau's from the New Jersey, Philadelphia, like that metropolitan corridor. I'm pretty sure he's from New Jersey, but um, like it's he's gonna be uh, okay. Yeah, he's gonna be in that realm. Um, I think Philadelphia just for the pure chaos of it. I'm just that's my pick just for shits and giggles. And and, <laughs> and his boy Kevin Hayes is at is playing for Philly. Yeah, so exactly, I think it's a I don't know. Uh, Philly kind of makes sense then. Yeah. I just think with where Philly's at, I think Goudreau's like, yeah, Philly sounds cool, but yeah, their team might be in the shitter. And if I want to sign long-term for good money, I don't want to waste years of my career here. I think he's re-signing in Calgary. I think they're going to give him 8 by 10 and I think he's going to stay. I think he's going to stay in Calgary. Just because I think out of all the other teams, maybe he goes to New Jersey. Because they got cap space and a young core, yeah. I think he could fit mm-hmm. in nice with Jack Hughes. True. But I think he stays with Calgary yeah. for ten million dollars a year. That also begs the question about um, Kachuk as his RFA status and how they're going to sign him too. And they, I, according to Cap Friendly, says they have a projected cap space of twenty six mil. So it would basically they're going all in on the two guys and then finding scraps. Maybe value contracts. Yeah. So, so it would be tough, but one of them's going to go. I'm, I'm thinking one of them of the two are going to yeah. go, and I think it's going to be Kachuk. And if I would prioritize Kachuk, yes, the younger. So, yeah. Younger yeah. brings more, you brings more to the table. Um, but I personally think he's going to resign in Calgary. Yeah. I think he's going to find a deal there. Um, we'll go with Evgeny Malkin. Uh, well, there's like a hundred teams. I got one. I Bring yeah, I got a team as well. Hey, you go first, bud. Yeah, Vancouver. You oh. think he's coming to Vancouver? <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. I think put was... him on a wing. Let's see how he does. Give him like three years. Oh god. <laughs> I. Don't think on, we have the cap think about space it, though. for that. Where, but if he's if he's not looking for anything like huge and he's just looking for term, I why still, not Vancouver take a shot on him? I still think um, with Rutherford and Alvin's timeline, I don't think Malk. I think it'd be a waste of money, just because Malkin's age and okay. stuff doesn't necessarily fit with where Vancouver's at right now. Um, and yeah, like I don't think he's gonna be taking like two million dollars though. Like I still think he wants like around like four to five million dollars. So but that's like, what I was kind of thinking, like a three by four or three by yeah. five. 
So yeah. I just not sure if Canucks have the facilities for that when they have other needs ahead of them because we just got a Russian the star like the biggest overseas free agent in Kuzmenko. Kuzmenko, yeah. that is so, true. So I don't think we ne- on like an entry level contract. So I don't necessarily think Malkin would be a fit in Vancouver. But I mean, it would be if I like I would be upset if we signed Malkin, just because I don't think it really makes sense. But that would be insane. Canucks Twitter would go fucking mental. Absolutely insane. <laughs> it would go crazy. Yeah. Um, Malkin's an interesting guy. And I think because he's made so much money in his career, I don't think he cares about that anymore. I think he wants to, like you guys mentioned before, I just think he wants to win a cup. And I think his best place to do that is probably in Florida. Florida. Yeah. I think, interesting. He, I think he might go to Florida. I think, the no, state, no state tax. Give me all the cash. Exactly. Or yeah. Florida, honestly, even Carolina. That was my team. Yeah. Yeah. I think Carolina's a bunch of cheap bastards. So when they find out, oh, Malkin doesn't necessarily want money. Okay, we'll just throw an extra year on that contract and Again, I take down his AAV. Come over to Carolina. And Svechnikov, low key, might be kind of stupid. Gross. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, that would be kind of absurd. That- they need power play help. Yeah, power play. Yep. Throw Malkin on there. Yep, on the right circle. Yeah, yeah. Special on the left circle. Aho somewhere, somewhere there too. I don't. Yeah. Another, right. another team I had was the Islanders. Yeah, I see that too. Maybe yeah. uh, going over. Malkin's gonna stay on the East Coast for sure. Yeah. It's just a matter of what what team. Yeah. But I like Florida. I like Carolina, and I like your pick in New York Islanders as well. All right, we'll do uh, we'll do two more here. Andre Palat. Because I have an interesting one. Yeah. I think with Andre Palat. Yeah. I'm kind of reading your mind, Jeff, and I think you might, I might know who you're going to say. Mm-hmm. I want to hear Hayden's pick first. Yeah. Sorry, I just kind of lagged out there. Didn't yeah. hear anything. What just happened? Um, Andre Palat. He was uh, on Tampa Bay. Um, seems like he's going oh, yeah, to be testing the market. Stamkos did the same thing when he was at UFA, but he went back to Tampa. So, I mean, I don't think Tampa's off the table. Um, I have him within one of the three teams here. Yeah. But I have an interesting place. Ooh. Hmm. St. Louis. (laughs) I don't mind. Kind of like on the cup contending. Yeah, I, kind of I like, a cup contending, kind I, of like a. I fucking like that a lot, actually. That's sneaky. That's sneaky good. Yeah, because I don't think Perron's coming back. So, wow, hey, that's a good one. Some insider knowledge right there. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, I, uh, I, I just <laughs> like the one, the one big thing actually is when I listen to a speaker piece episode, you know, with uh, obviously just you and Ian on it, Scott and. One of the uh, one of like the biggest like things that he had said was, "Come playoff times, I think St. Louis is gonna be ready." And then, <laughs> just just for kind of average, right? But I mean, this next year, like they St. Louis has shown it, and like Pilat, yeah, like he's been on Tampa. Yeah, why not go to St. Louis? Yeah, and they've won a cup in recent memory. And again, to your point about St. Louis, exactly, always a playoff team, and Pilat's a playoff player, and he's been one of the best. Mm-hmm. Last five years, so I liked I like that pick. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, I like that a lot too. 
Scotty. I I want I want to hear yours. Actually, I kind of want to hear yours first. I'm going to say he go back goes back to Tampa Bay, but there is a team that I think you're going to say, and I'm going to agree with you. I think Calgary. That's not what I thought, but okay. Like I think yeah, because with the yeah. uncertainty of Goudreau, you need a cheaper option who has experience of going on yeah. up runs who can I do perform that. in the playoffs, and they've had the lack of performances in the playoffs and yeah. he had 11 goals in their second cup run or lot. first cup run yeah. he's a clutch player comes out he'll probably come in at half the price of Goudreau maybe just over half yeah I have him maybe coming in at five by five and a half 31 year old player I think he could be and you can throw him on with Kachuk or throw him on the second line with Dylan Dubay or whatever, I think that could be a good signing. But Scott, what were you thinking? So I was actually thinking you're gonna say Anaheim because there's the oh. rumblings about him going to Anaheim, and I don't mind that either. I don't mind that either too. Like I really like your Calgary pick though, especially if Goudreau is gone. That's a big. If Goudreau resigns, yeah. I don't think he goes there. But mm-hmm. I think with this uncertainty of Goudreau, I think Palat could be a good. Um, agree more. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Feeling. Yeah, hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. And that's again, we'll have to see. It's gonna be a very fluid playoff. It's basically once the good draw domino falls, everything else in terms of forwards is gonna fall. So we'll see. And I think Palat. I do like Calgary. I do like um, St. Louis. Anaheim would be a good option too. But yeah. I ultimately think he's gonna stay in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I think I think he. I think it's such an interesting. Um, player, I have a, I have a little sleeper that a player that might end up in Anaheim and might kind of fit. Sure, uh, could be a decent depth player. Yep. Ilya Mikheyev. Oh, yeah. He's once a, he wants a pay a bit higher than he's worth four and a half, five and a half. I think it's yeah. too much, but I think he can be a nice depth piece for Anaheim, especially Agreed. with a team who has money to spend. Yeah, and 27. Yeah. You can kind yeah. of play penalty kill, good third line power for it. Yeah. Spring speed. Here's here's another thing, too. Another tidbit that you might not know. Um, the Ducks didn't tender a qualifying offer to Sonny Milano. Oh. Yeah. So again, there's no guarantee that the Ducks don't re-sign Sonny Milano. I think they should, but if this might find him a cheap at a cheaper price. Exactly. And if you know, honestly, Mikhaev would be a great fit. Maybe not playing with Zegris, but he would play third line minutes, play beside Isaac Lindstrom, like a speedy, lanky, kind mm-hmm. of like really defensively sound um, forward that the Ducks are starting to kind of accumulate. And I like that actually. Mikheyev to Anaheim, that would piss off some of my buddies who are Leafs fans, but um, yeah, I don't mind that actually. Yeah. Hayden, uh, you were kind of, if, I don't know if you look, I'll maybe throw in a notable free agent here that I don't know if you know much about McKayev, but uh, how about um, Evander Kane? Just I think he on. re-signs with Edmonton. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I I threw in Anaheim. Wow. Kane to Anaheim. I like that. Actually, you're not going to lie to you. Like, Zegers needs some protect, like not protection, but like he needs a guy that's going to, you know, be a big body, go to the net for him. Cause Troy Terry, as good as Troy Terry is, 
Terry and Zegers don't shouldn't play together in the same line five on five. Um, but I no, I like that a lot actually. That's it. And that's I mean, because yeah. I think Evander Kane is looking for the most money possible, and a team with the <laughs> highest cap space. Because I mean, you we've heard his debt stories, but I think if he can get a five by seven or something like that. I don't know if Edmonton has the money to do that when they have other needs, like on defense, goalie, because I think they go after Kemper. I think yeah. I think Kemper's a guaranteed land in Edmonton. Wow. Yeah, I'll put my mark missing. That, that, that would be huge. Because <laughs> because they tried because they tried trading for him from Arizona, but then Colorado beat them. They tried getting Markstrom. Calgary beat them. Yeah. Edmonton's like always oh, a free agent. All will. He wants six million. We'll give him seven. Yeah, yeah. we need a one A. He just won a cup, whatever. So I think they might put their money elsewhere instead of resigning Kane. So I think Kane goes to the biggest contract. I don't think winning is necessarily high on his list. So I'm I'm sure he's willing to sacrifice, maybe be a part of a rebuild. Maybe he wants to play with Zegers. Maybe he just yeah. wants to be a part of that, right? Yeah. Who knows? knows? So I think a team with the most cap space maybe uh, might uh, equal the biggest contract he gets. So I don't mind that at all. Actually, that's that's a pretty good one. And he could be a vet for the young guys too. Maybe not the best yeah. person to learn from. Ducks but... to have a good veteran in that locker room for sure. And I think <laughs> the culture of Anaheim. That's a good one. I like that. Um, the culture of Anaheim is really um, sound and solid, especially with Getzlav. You know, mm-hmm. he's gone now, but again, he set such a standard um, in there. Standard, oh my gosh, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. And now, like Terry and um, Cam Fowler and Silverberg still there, and Adam Henrique, these guys are going to like take over that room until a Drysdale, a McTavish becomes a captain. And then they're going to still implement the same type of principles that the Getzlav did. And it's just going to be, it's like passing the torch and it's really good. Gets last stayed. So we could, you know, have at least a year and a half to get with Zegris and Drysdale and McTavish got some time with him. And it was, yeah, like, it'll be, I do like that Kane signing. And again, he might be a good piece in that puzzle. I don't know if he's the right fit for Anaheim, but I think that's that based on what you said, a team like Anaheim in a similar situation could sign Kane easily. I also like, put Ottawa and New Jersey on yeah, there too. Yeah. Again, similar situation yeah. to Anaheim with money and a developing team that needs like a steady scoring winger. Yeah. Like, All right, we, Scott. Yeah. I've uh I've held you hostage for long enough. We've held you hostage for long enough. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, uh, where can people follow you? So um, uh yeah. Follow me at, at Scott underscore Conkin. Um I am a regular guest. I am not the owner, I am the regular guest of on the Speak Your Peace podcast. So go check that out. Uh, Ian and I are, you know, doing some work. We're, we're really busy with our lives, but we're, you know, trying to do our, our podcast and we do Saturday selections every Saturday. So go check those out. It's the greatest game show on Saturday mornings. You'll see. It's um, really fun. It's really fun. And you get a shout out on the story. If you win, I always lose. Sam, never well, won one. We'll change that. We'll, we can change that. Well, you guys got to get some good votes. Well, maybe we'll, you know, do some more like uh, San Diego Padres. We'll do some more, uh, some more teams that you guys like, maybe some more football coming in the yeah. fall. Maybe we'll see. So, um, anyways, yeah, that's you know, go check us out, speak your piece. Um, and my Instagram, Scott underscore Conkin. Guys, I really appreciate you letting me on. It's been fun. I love talking about this. Is like my favorite time of year for yeah. the draft and free agency. It's just nuts. So, yeah. I'm here for it. 
Yeah, Wednesday's going to be unreal, or I guess the 13th, because this comes out on the yeah. 13th. But Hayden, uh, where can everyone follow you? Uh, everyone can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, Hayden underscore Barton. And I am going to love when my phone fucking explodes on Wednesday full of, oh, everyone's officially signed here. Everyone's officially signed there. That's going to be like, holy shit. Yeah, the, the, I put on tweet notifications for Friedman, Drager, Pierre, LeBron, Bob McKenzie. All the insiders. Love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I had to turn it off for the playoffs and the draft because I sent the delay in the TV thing. I would get Uh-oh. the score updates before the so goal annoying. actually happened. Yeah. I did, almost threw my phone into like the water <laughs> every single time. I'd be so annoyed. But anyways, you guys can follow me on Instagram at Jevin.lefave on Twitter at Jevin Lefave. Find everything for the show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at left side heavy underscore. Head to the YouTube left side heavy if you want to watch instead of listen. And anywhere you get your podcast, leave a rating and review. It really helps grow the show. This Friday is another kickback and relax episode. Uh, I think I'm gonna I'm leaning towards having an uh, interview with my dad about how he kind of boxed in his early days. Kind of some fun, funny stories from that, and just kind of shooting the breeze with the old man. So We'll kind of see what direction I go there, but I still have, kind of haven't really decided on it. So, hey, we'll see. But, um, yeah, I appreciate you guys for listening. Free agency is going to be absolutely wild. Scott, once again, thank you very much for hopping on, staying up late for us. I know you need to go to bed soon. Yeah. So I appreciate it a lot. Yes. Anyways, as for your listeners, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And we'll see you guys next time. Peace.